Hey there. Today we're going to have another look at London. However, we're going a little further back in history before there were any tubes or any subsurface underground lines. This is a map of Elizabethan London from 1973 and I think it's a really fascinating look into the history of the city. Today there are more than 8 million people within London plus of course a lot of additional people living in the suburbs. So a really really huge area and here at the end of the Middle Ages we still have a city that's actually pretty confined and quite densely populated. So just for orientation right here we have the River Thames, we have the Tower, London Bridge, your St. Paul's Cathedral and over here would be Westminster. The fascinating part is that we can see the old city walls and these date back from the Roman times. London was a Roman settlement called Londinium and it was probably founded by the Romans so there's no um, no sign that there was a previous settlement there, maybe Celtic or Pictish or whatever you might have uh, on the British Isles. So the, the Romans probably were the first ones who set up camp here on a crossing of the Thames. It was quite a lively settlement uh, and was rebuilt a couple of times. It was raised once in the first century AD after um, the rebellion led by Boudicca and then there was a fire in the second century that also destroyed quite a lot of the houses. But again it was rebuilt and there were probably like something like 30 to 60,000 people living pretty much in this area here um, which would later become the city of London. And even though the Romans departed Britain in the early 5th century, there is plenty of evidence that people remained here. And it was a small settlement, of course, but these walls obviously provided a certain amount of protection. And the people stayed here and lived their lives. Now, the London Wall, the other thing that is quite fascinating about it is that you have, of course, a number of gates and these two date back to Roman times. If we go through them, we have here Ludgate, Newgate, here's Aldersgate and Cripplegate. More gates be younger, this one is medieval, which 
all things considered, still quite ancient. Then we have Bishop's Gate right here. And Old Gate. Later you also had some additional gates like this one, Postage Gate, next to the tower. If I'm not mistaken, this was exclusively for pedestrians. Whereas here you can see this is quite a large street leading in and out of the city. So, you could take your carriage and carry your goods through. Same here at Newgate. Well, at There was also a fortification along the river, and this was added a bit later, um, but I can't quite see it here. I don't know if they kept it up or if it was um, demolished by the time this map was created. But of course, considering that the Vikings were quite prominent in England, they probably needed some kind of protection here along the waterway. Another thing that dates back to Roman times is uh, the London Bridge. And what's quite fascinating, if you have a look at the larger map here, it is the only bridge across the Thames, so both for the city of London as well as for Westminster. And it will remain like that until 1729. So for another about 300 years only one bridge across the river. The one that we see here, of course, is not Roman anymore. This one was built in the early 13th century. And you can't see it as well on this particular map. But if you look at other engravings of the like from maybe the 15th or 16th century, you can see that you have quite a lot of houses on it. Um, at most there were 140 houses in the 14th century. Some of them later merged, so the total number went down to 90, but I don't think that that meant that there were any less buildings, they just became bigger. And on the bottom floor, all of these had different shops, and on the top floors there were living areas. Maybe if you've been to Florence and you've had a look at Ponte Vecchio, it's maybe a little similar to that. So I think the houses here were probably a bit larger than on the Ponte Vecchio. Today you still have a London Bridge, but it's quite a modern bridge. It's from 1973, and interestingly, it's not in the same spot. It was moved a little bit, and I hope I'm showing this correctly. I think it's on this side, but it was be on the other side. And the street leading up to it, which is the uh, Gracechurch Street, up here, 
takes a little turn where you have Monument Station and then comes down here. So you can see that they had to change the access point. Where you have really, really tiny roads here between the medieval houses and the larger street towards the bridge. They moved it to the side to allow for the new bridge. So, technically, you can still see the old one when you look at how the streets are running across London. It's one of those really fascinating details, I think. Now, at a time in the 15th century, um, most buildings, of course, were within the city walls. But you can see here that a couple of things are happening outside as well. And some even on the south side of the river, which is Southwark. This is where today you would have uh, Bermondsey Abbey, which was um, built later roughly across from the tower and roughly across from St. Paul's Cathedral here. They will later build the globe which you might know if you're into Shakespeare. This is a bit too early for the globe, but you can see that the south side is, uh, I think, the fun district. <laughs> you have a um, beer fighting arena here. You have a couple of beer houses. And all kinds of other things that were deemed not appropriate for the inner city. So they were happening on the south side. Theatres in general were tendentially built outside the city walls. Uh, they were very popular at the time and Queen Elizabeth too enjoyed going to the theatre. But it was nonetheless a little controversial, so they moved outwards. And since we've just mentioned St. Paul's Cathedral, there's a little oddity here on this map that's not quite accurate. Now, at the time, St. Paul's Cathedral was a Gothic church dating back to the Middle Ages. Uh, it was built between the 11th and the 13th century. And at the time, it was one of the longest churches in the world, with one of the tallest spires. It's a really, really impressive tower. However, it actually burned down 12 years before this map was created. This is from 1573 and it burned down in 1561. Meaning, I don't know, maybe the person who created this really hoped that they would recreate the spire. Or maybe he copied it from an older engraving that he saw. But either way, this is not what London looked like, unfortunately. And in fact, the spire was never rebuilt. The um, cathedral was damaged in a great fire of London in 1666, so a little later than that, and was then completely rebuilt to the building that we know today. And that you've surely seen. Very, very beautiful cathedral, but of course a much younger one. The Great Fire of London meant that pretty much 
everything here was destroyed. Luckily, there weren't too many casualties, but 80% uh, of the house was burned down, so it's really unbelievable destruction. And afterwards, a couple of suggestions were made to create a completely modern city with straight lines, straight streets that are wider, um, that allow for a little more control by the government. But they were never realized. Um, so the streets that you have today running through the city of London are very close to these medieval streets that we see here. So rather narrow ones, small ones, not always really straight, but going in curves, turning this way and that. So something that invites you to get a little lost, I think. I really like these medieval city centers. The um, wall, unfortunately, has disappeared by now. As with most cities, you can still see um, some remnants of it, but there are very few. And you can see here that, in fact, London's already growing beyond the walls at the time. For one, if we look at this area, we have a little brook. This is the Fleet River. And next to the Fleet River, we have Black Blackfriars. So there's a priory by the Dominican Friars. They were black, hence the name Blackfriars. And they created this area outside of the city wall. So you can see that it takes a little turn here towards the Fleet River. It doesn't really go straight down towards the Thames, like it is up here, or on the other side. Next to Blackfriars, we have the Temple. You can see here that there is a gate and some kind of hole along the river, with a couple of little boats next to it. Um, temple is a church, it's a round church, a bit unusual, which was created by the Knights Templars. This is very medieval. Um, they erected the temple church, they had their little initiations there, were quite powerful at the time, the Templars. However, the order was um, dissolved in the early 14th century and the temple still exists, so the church is still there, you can go and listen to music there, for example, but it's not used by the um, Templars, by the Knights Templars anymore. But again, they too created their church outside the city walls. And then we have here pretty cute area. 
This is called Strand. This is a bit of the highway going from London to Westminster. Now, the reason for these two separate settlements is that during the Middle Ages there was not one capital. And that's something that you find in all of Europe. The court, the king usually moved around, taking everyone and everything with him, and then they just stopped at different cities. So London was not officially the capital. However, eventually Westminster became very important and became the de facto capital. But there was a bit of a differentiation here. While the court was here at Westminster, so the royal power was put here, trade and commerce happened in the city of London. And there is something that you still see today in London that you have one side with Miss Winster where you can find the parliament, etc. And then over here you have all of the different finance districts, etc. So these are separate from one another. And of course at the time, this was an important connection from one place to the other. And we can see here, along the strand, all of these houses. So these were built by different aristocrats. On the southern side of the strand, with the gardens extending down to the river. There's a Venetian ambassador who said that it was very, very beautiful here. However, the view was a little disfigured by the ruins of a multitude of churches and monasteries. Now, one of them, of course, might have been Blackfriars or the Temple. But that is something that you had in the entire city of London. Of course, during the Elizabethan time, during the Tudor area, we're always in the area of the Reformation. So you have a lot of Protestants, you have a lot of unrest with regards to the church. And what happened in London, or in um, the UK in general, is that in uh, the 1530s there was the dissolution of monasteries. Meaning, they changed hands and they went to different uh, important families who turned these monasteries into their mansions or court courtyard houses, etc. Inside the city walls, prior to the dissolution of the monasteries, about 50% of buildings were monasteries, nunneries, um, other kinds of religious buildings and about a third of the population are monks, friars and nuns. So that's a huge part of the city. And some of the monasteries were turned to schools, to hospitals, etc. But of course others eventually lay in ruins or were turned into mansions. And that of course was ongoing during the time this 
Venetian ambassador came to visit. So, the little boulevard of the bourgeoisie, so to say, are here to Westminster. And then in this area up here, you can see plenty of open fields. We have some little buildings here. Like in here and here with the gardens in the back. And fields. Up here we even have a proud little horse. And the cow, or two cows. And plenty of trees, so that might be an orchard. You can see the gate here where you walk into. And here we get to Lead River. We have a little bridge across. And then over here we get to Smithfield. Now, this is interesting. You can see that it's outside the city walls. But there are quite a lot of buildings. So, a pretty busy area. And this was one of the biggest markets in the area, specifically a livestock market. So you had plenty of cattle, you had ducks and geese and um, sheep. And the um, Smithfield market existed until the 19th century. I think there's still a market there today, in fact. But this huge livestock market eventually was moved out of the city. You can imagine if you have thousands and thousands of cows or sheep moving through these narrow streets of London towards the livestock market every day, you aren't too happy living in the area. So there was some protest in the 19th century and it was eventually moved further out. But at the time, of course, here, we are outside the city walls. This is great open area. There's access to water, there's access to open fields, and it's a perfect location. In fact, it was quite a popular location in general, also for other reasons. Um, lots of people could gather there, and you had uh, anything that was more popular and exciting in the Middle Ages. You had tournaments, you had executions. You know, whatever drew a crowd. If we continue a little further, we have these spittle fields, which is short for a hospital. So you had a hospital here. And of course, generally outside the walls, you had a couple of churches with cemeteries, uh, some dating from the times of the Great Plague which of course was a bit of an issue in a really densely populated area like London. Now, while of course the Reformation was a little tumultuous, the Tudor area actually provided a lot of stability 
and the population started to grow. It went from about 50,000 people in 1530, it's about 50 years prior to the um, creation of this map, to a quarter of a million people in 1605, so just after the turn of the century. That is really, really massive, and you can imagine having so many extra people put into a small area like this was not exactly beneficial to everyone's health. Part of the reason that London started to grow so quickly was not just the stability in terms of political environment, but also because it was a great place for merchants. And that's actually also why this map exists. This was created for the Hanseatic League, which had opened one of its um, contours here, so its trading um, locations, the so-called Steel Yard or Stahlhof something you might already know if you watched my video on the Hanseatic Lake. This was also the year when the um, Spanish king destroyed Antwerp, which previously was a very important trading place. So again, a lot of trade was moved towards London, which was in a great location, um, close to the channel, close to the North Sea. And you can see plenty of ships and boats moving in. Though I think these smaller ones here are probably ferries that allow people to cross if they didn't want to use the London Bridge. So, really, really fascinating time in the history of London. And after the fire of London, of course, it would start to grow really quickly, especially then in the 19th century. And all of these green fields here would become houses and suburbs that would then need an underground, as you already know. But here, it's all still little wooden medieval houses, close together, one after the other. With churches, one after the other. I hope you enjoyed this little look at the history of London. I'll see you again next week and until then, I wish you pleasant dreams and